Hello and welcome to Saints Live, the final whistle. I'm Steve Forbes. I'm Kenzie Benali. And it was a perfect start to the game for Southampton, but a disappointing end as Norwich run out 2-1 winners at Carrow Rose. Now, joining us again to discuss all the action and give us their analysis, we have Dean Hammond and Joe Prince-Wright. Dean, let's come to you first. Uh, let's get your general thoughts on that game as a whole, please. I think, like you said, Steve, it was a great start. Um, perfect start, really, like I mentioned before. Um, the game to kind of settle the crowd and uh, diffuse that enthusiasm that the Norwich players and fans have had and it was, it was perfect great finish from Shea Adams um, and Southampton I thought completely dominated the first half um, passed the ball well um, approached the game very very well got in good areas good opportunities I think the switch of play worked really really well um, whether it's Livramento or um, Cole Peters um, I think that was the overlapping um, midfield players were causing problems and a lots of half chances in good areas and conceded a sloppy goal, really, which I think could have been um, stopped and prevented. Um, Carl Peters could have been a little bit stronger in, in the first phase um, and then stopping the cross and then a bit of communication between Bednarak and Salasu just to allow Salasu to release himself to try and get across Puki to win the first header. But apart from that, very good in the first half. And then I think the second half, just a change of mentality from both teams. I think Norwich improved and stepped up the tempo and thought we need to press Southampton and um, put a bit more pressure on them. And Southampton looked a bit too comfortable and thought this is going to be a little bit easier. And once you do that, it's very difficult then to step it up again. Um, and a sloppy goal, I think Alex McCarthy will be disappointed with the, with the second goal. Defending, I think, needs to be a little bit stronger, but Alex will look at that. I'm sure he's um, looking at it and think I need to do better in that situation. Um, so, yeah, disappointment, I think, frustration, because the game was there for Southampton to be won, especially in that first half where they were so dominant. I think it's getting that second goal is, is the next step for Southampton when you're that far on top. If Southampton could have gone in 1-0 or 2-0 at half-time, I think they would have come away with the three points today. Indeed, yeah, a bright start. Joe couldn't kill the game off and unravelled late on. How did you see it? Yeah, very similar to Dean. Obviously, same old kind of story from earlier on in the season, it seemed, with a lot of chances being created early. Saints come flying out the traps. Even after the early equaliser for Norwich, um, Saints again just took control of the game. There was heroic blocks from Norwich and a few shots that were off target, just kind of snatching at chances. And uh, yeah, I think we've been here before, guys. It's Southampton dominated the first you know, first half in large spells of the game overall, but just couldn't put chances away. And that is, um, yeah, it's a reoccurring theme, unfortunately. And I think that, that's like Dean mentioned there, you're going to have to get the second goal um, and take those chances when they come. Because I think going in one or at halftime, uh, the crowd was fired up with Dean Smith coming in as the new manager at Norwich um, and then bringing on another striker at halftime. They kind of sensed that, we can have a go at Southampton here and they might tire in the second half. And I think that's what happened again. Even though Saints had a lot of the ball in the second half, Norwich were pretty comfortable to sit back and they actually looked a lot more dangerous in the second half with some of the chances they created. So you could see it at the end when the camera panned to Ralph Hasenhutl after Theo's chance just went wide. He was shaking his head and he knew that that was a game that got away today. Well, before we talk about the game in a bit more detail, here's how it panned out courtesy of BBC Radio Solent. The two managers hug again, say, fancy seeing you here. Now, Walker Peters again decides to tuck in and go ahead of Rashika. Then Romeo tried to play inside. It comes out for Armstrong, 25 yards out. Adams is on, uh, Shea Adams is on side, tries to get the shot away, and he does! And Shea Adams is in blistering goal-scoring form! 
He scores! Pass cruel! Out to Rashika. The Kosterman has Aaron's back on the overlap. Pokes it out to him. Pulls it back into the six-yard area. And they've scored! A near-post header from Timu Puki has crept inside McCarthy's post. Drives towards the byline this time. Good cross left-footed from Walker-Peters. Campwell nudges Ibrahim Diallo over. Well, he's he barged into him, barged him, him and then took his arm away. Todd Cantwell, who manages to stay on his feet, but then he's tackled. And Saints win it back. Diallo squares it to Elianusi. Surely a chance. Great block. There's a slip by Hanley. Diallo feeds Adams. Adams into the box. Onto his right foot. Great save. Tim Krull. The Shea Adams did brilliantly. And Pukki's bearing down on the penalty area. Into the box on the edge on the right-hand side. Support inside him. Trying to get the cross in and McCarthy makes the save. Corner comes in. This one hung to the back post. Head down. And inside the net. And it's Grant Hanley who scored the goal. Not actually penetrating Norwich at all. Till Ward Prass puts the cross in at the back post. And Saints should have equalised. It was a free header. Eight yards out. Referee puts the whistle through his mouth. Well, let's start picking apart the match, shall we, uh, and talk about the major uh, happenings from the game. Dean, you said pre-match that you really like that attacking partnership of Shea Adams and Adam Armstrong. And of course, they linked up again and combined for that opening goal after just four minutes. Uh, talk us through that one, if you wouldn't mind. Well, like you say, Kenzie, I think they're building a, a relationship. I think two of them together are very, very effective. Um, and the goal comes from Southampton having that dominant possession. Um, you know, even within the first few minutes, they looked very, very comfortable. I think Norwich allowed Southampton to have the space, especially in the midfield areas. It was a ball played into Adam Armstrong. I think it's a it's a poor first touch, but the second touch is very, very good. He's very, very aware of where Shea Adams is, kind of plays it around the corner. And then it's all down to Shea. You know, Shea's inside the area and he's very, very strong in those situations. You know, he, he kind of wants to get the ball onto his right foot. Um, holds Grant Handley off really, really well. He uses his body and gets it onto that. And when he has it on that right foot, you know, him sliding into that far corner, he's very, very good at that. Um, I think that's what he looks for every time he gets on the ball to try and slide into that far corner. And it was an excellent finish. It really, really was. And there was moments in the game where they did combine very, very well today. Um, and I thought Shea, especially in the first half, was a threat. He had that opportunity late in the first half where he broke through and I like that where he's through he could have played Adam Armstrong but he was very very selfish and it was a good save by the goalkeeper um, but the goal was very very well taken um, and again Adam Armstrong in moments today showed his sharpness where it came into his feet and then he would get half a yard and get a shot away um, and like Joe mentioned there was lots of opportunities in the first half with, with just a little bit more quality maybe a little bit more awareness in moments to pick the right pass, not just to put it into an area. Um, I think Southampton could have killed the game off. But that partnership is growing, which is a positive from today. And it's it's great to see Shea continuing this run of goals, whether it's for club or country. We know what it's like if he gets into that rhythm, he gets on a run. Um, and I think he's growing as a player, which is great. And also with Adam Armstrong, I think he's growing into being a, a very good Southampton player. Southampton's lead lasted for just the three minutes before Timu Puki headed past Alex McCarthy. Joe, do you think McCarthy or indeed the defence should have done better in that situation? I think so, Steve. Uh, Dean touched on it earlier. Carl Walker-Peters initially went down, looked like he was looking for a foul, didn't come. The, the chance was then allowed to develop out, out wide and, and Max Aaron's got his head up. I mean, Timu Puki's got to get across two centre-backs and he does that pretty easily. And 
I actually thought it went wide initially uh, when when the charts. I just expected McCarthy to save it and to block that near post area. And I do think the goalkeeper will be looking at himself there and saying he should have got his angles a little bit better and should have kept that one out. And it seems to be a bit of a weakness. There's been some similar goals now. I'm thinking back to last season and uh, earlier on this season where just players are sneaking uh, shots in at the near post uh, in those kind of areas. So... Yeah, I think the entire Saints defence, that's been obviously very strong in recent weeks. That's been the massive improvement this season. But I just think a couple of old bad habits snuck in today where uh, they weren't tracking runners or they just switched off at key moments from set-piece situations. And as I said, Alex McCarthy with both goals will probably be looking at himself and, and thinking he should have done a bit better with that. So it's easy to criticise individuals, but I think overall as a team, in those key moments, there were just too many wrong decisions being made and Norwich certainly made the most of them. Well, Dean, it was Hanley that put the hosts ahead with just 10 minutes to go. Uh, dissect that one for us, if you will. Well, I think it's just um, a case of the second half, Kenzie, where I mentioned that mentality change. So I think Southampton, um, Norwich in the second half were winning more duels, more battles, more second balls, were a little bit more aggressive, looked like they were kind of wanted to win the game a little bit more. And I think you know, there was an example of that from the goal. It was just, you know, it was a, a decent cross, not an amazing cross. The movement from Grant Hanley wasn't brilliant. It was one step and then away. He comes on to James Ward-Prowse and just kind of uh, out-muscles him um, and, and wins the header. It's not, again, it's not a fantastic header, but it is on target. And I think if you look at Alex McCarthy, like we've mentioned, he's been brilliant. You know, he's been very, very good this season. He's made some very, very good saves been very very consistent and I've been impressed with him this season I really have I think he's improved and I think he's the number one at the moment but that goal I think it, whether he expects it not to bounce as high as it does or he expects it to bounce closer to him I think with two hands on the ball we should do a little bit better of that and I think he'll be the first to admit it but I think it was just an example of Norwich were just a little bit more aggressive in that second half doing the basics a little bit better if there was a loose ball they would get there a little bit quicker there was just a little bit more tempo to their game and it just looked like as the game went on, um, they were the team that were probably going to go and win it if if it was either of the teams. So, yeah, it wasn't great movement. It wasn't horrendous defending. I just think a couple of def- errors, individual errors within the moment just cost Southampton at that point. We saw Ibrahim Diallo playing out on the right during the game, Joe. What did you make of his performance? Yeah, you could tell he wasn't that comfortable being out there. It was a bit of a, a strange decision. Um, on the ball, he had a couple of lovely moments. Uh, he had some really nice turns uh, and they found him a lot. But you could just see that he wasn't really in a, in a position that he was comfortable being in. Um, there's one cross came in in the first half. We went to wind up a shot and felt a bit of contact uh, from Cantwell and went down looking for a penalty kick. Um, just a few loose passes, uh, which isn't really like him. Um, usually he's pretty safe and solid on the ball, but um, I, it was an interesting one. There's a lot of good attacking players in those areas and it, it was a more defensive uh, switch by Ralph, um, which maybe he was overthinking it. As I said, playing against Dean Smith two games on the trot, was he trying to be uh, a bit clever and, and try and mix things up there and allow James Ward-Prowse to then uh, get further forward so Diallo could slot inside? And he did come inside and get on the ball a lot. Uh, and that allowed Tino Livramento to to get forward and, and really create a lot of openings, especially in the first half. But um, yeah, I don't know if it's an experiment we'll see again. Um, I, I think he, he did okay, but it just 
didn't really feel like he he was comfortable in those situations on the right and coming off the off the flank. Yeah, it was an interesting one, wasn't it? Because uh, Dean, we thought that Ralph might switch formations, but he did stick with that four-two-two-two, and he chose Ibrahima Diallo, as we said, out on the right over several other options. What did you make of that decision? I agree with Joe. I, I, Diallo did okay. I think he just it didn't look natural for him to be in that position. I think. You know, from the selection of the team, we all um, guessed that there would be a change of formation tactically in some way, whether it was a, a 3-5-2 or a 4-3-3. Um, but obviously, the, the, the formation was the same. I think potentially it was, you know, I think the manager maybe wanted to play a not a natural wide player there to allow Liveramento to keep going down the wing. So someone would play a little more, more centrally. So if you played a Walcott or a and Nathan Teller, they're going to want to stay wide. They're going to want to have the width. And that kind of probably affects Livermento. And I actually thought Brandon Williams did very well against Livermento today and, and, and prevented him really from being that attacking threat. But Diallo did okay. But like, like Joe said, when he got into those moments, those attacking moments, that's not his game. His game is really breaking it up from the middle field and then breaking from a central position to maybe feed a wide player, to feed a striker. He's not naturally that creative player that when he gets into that kind of number 10 role like a Stuart Armstrong he can slide a ball through he can put that vital cross in he can get that shot off um so yeah it's hard to judge him because it's not your normal position but like you say he did okay but it was some sloppy passes there was some moments where you expect a little bit more from him um but I think you can probably say that about a few players today I think you know, Southampton have been that good over the last four or five weeks and got some excellent performances. The standards just dropped today. And when it happens for three or four players, it's, it's noticeable. Joe, you addressed uh, Southampton's current inability to add a, a second or third goal to their game. Uh, what did you make of us in, a, in an attacking sense today? We had 12 shots in the first half, but chances just seemed to dry up in the second period. They did, Steve. And I think, um, as I said, Norwich knew there was going to be a storm. They weathered that early on uh, with only one goal. And I did like the movement from Shea Adams, um, getting in behind on a few occasions. And Adam Armstrong was dropping deeper and coming off the left. Uh, Al Yunusi as well was buzzing around as usual. But it just felt like it became very predictable in the second half. Uh, Norwich were happy to sit back and let Romeo and Ward-Prowse have the ball 40, 45 yards from goal. And then, OK, try and clip a ball in behind our defence, an inch perfect pass. And if you finish that, then fair enough. But there wasn't uh, there wasn't enough creativity, I don't think, in the final third, which uh, we said on a few occasions. I mean, looking at some of the stats, Saints had 64% of possession overall, 17 shots, uh, only five of those on target. So again, that's a big issue. And a couple of those on target were just pretty tame efforts from outside the box. Um, and it is something that it's difficult to change. The players there, some games it will click and work and there's still some good partnerships developing with Shea Adams and Adam Armstrong, but it's not something that's going to happen overnight. And uh, it seemed like Norwich, again, like Aston Villa last time out under Dean Smith, were, were happy to say if we get to half time and it's level or maybe we're only one goal behind, then we can get something from this game. I think they were buoyed by the fact it was only one or at half time and then we saw a much different Norwich City in the second half. So, Saints, I think, are just giving opponents at the moment um, a little bit more optimism than they should be because they did play extremely well in the first half, but just got to take chances and uh, create more openings, I think. Apart from the Shea Adams chance uh, that the Dean referenced was a good save from Tim Krull, 
can't remember any real clear-cut opportunities in the first half. There were some good blocks, some good efforts from outside the box, but just want to see Saints get in behind teams more because they do have the players to really hurt them when they can do that. Well, let's hear from Ralph Hasenhutl now. Here's what the Saints boss had to say after the game. Ralph, how tough a result is that to take, particularly given the dominance you had in the first half of the game? Yeah, but dominance without scoring is uh, not really helpful. It only costs energy. So, um, what is what was fact was that in the second half the opponent tried with the motions uh, to, to to put us on the back foot and they managed it. And then we we must play one-one. This is what I have to say. Uh, never can concede a goal like we did the second, uh, where we have a clear a clear uh, one against one in the air and and uh, we don't we don't we don't man mark in that situation and then. Although Alex, I think, has a chance to, to, to make the save there. It's too easy. It's too easy and then it's always tough. Yeah? It's, uh, normally you cannot lose this game, but you see, football, everything is possible. Well, let's look forward now, shall we? Because it's Liverpool up next. Uh, Anfield, not an easy place to go, Dean. What are your early thoughts ahead of that one? Tough. It's, it, obviously, it's, it's a tough fixture. Liverpool are a, a fantastic team, but... You know, West Ham showed last week Liverpool can be beaten. Um, Liverpool have got some fantastic individual players, but I think this is a game, it's a, a great opportunity for Southampton to bounce back, you know, and they've been very, very good against the so-called bigger teams this season. You know, away at Man City was a, a fantastic performance and I think it needs to be something like that. The, the team will need to be very well structured, very well drilled, disciplined, and when they get those opportunities on the break, which they will do because Liverpool will be a bit more expansive. They were trying to attack and score goals. So then interceptions, that counter-attacking football that Southampton can be very, very good at and be brave with, with how they play, can cause Liverpool problems. But yeah, it's going to be a tough fixture. It really, really is because Liverpool at Anfield are one of the best teams in the league, obviously, and one of the best teams in, in Europe. But no, Southampton have proved this season, like I say, against the bigger teams, even against Chelsea. You know, the, the result ended up 3-1, but... 11 v 11 at one all. I think Southampton could have won that game. So, yeah, it will be very, very interesting and a game that I'm sure the players will want to bounce back from and, and put a really good performance in. Well, Joe, Southampton aren't exactly strangers to a decent result against Liverpool. How do you see next week going? Yeah, it's going to be tough, but I think this is quite a good time to play Liverpool with some of the injuries cropping up and, um, you know, look at their bench against Arsenal. There's a lot of teenagers on there. Likes of Andy Robertson are out. Henderson is struggling. Uh, Firmino's out. Yeah, there's there's a few gaps there defensively, as Dean mentioned. The teams have actually have gone for it against them, uh, whether it was West Ham and that recent win, or Brighton went to Anfield and got a point. Uh, teams have actually gone at Liverpool. I don't think they're as comfortable defensively as they have been. And Van Dijk's just coming back to full fitness and still finding his groove. And there are there will be opportunities, but it's the same old story for Saints. We need them to take those opportunities when they arrive, and you're not going to get that many chances away at Anfield against Liverpool so I wouldn't be too despondent as a Saints fan yes it's a bad result today but I think next weekend will be a totally different game and in many ways it probably sets up a bit better uh, for Saints that they will have opportunities on the break but they need to take confidence from that performance at Chelsea the draw against uh, Manchester City away from home and try and replicate that performance and then as I said be more clinical when you do get the chances. 
Absolutely. As ever, we march on. Well, Joe Dean, thank you so much for your input. As always, a pleasure to have you on the show. Uh, enjoy the rest of your weekend. As we've mentioned, it is another trip up north on the cards, this time to Anfield to take on Liverpool. We'll be live next Saturday from 1.45. So make sure you join us then on Saints Live. Bye for now.